podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans and uh, with me are Jim Grant. Good evening. And it's a lawyer special uh, of the type we like to have every now and again. We like an entirely lawyer-based uh, podcast because, Jim, you get into so much trouble. Yeah, well, you, have, yeah, yeah, yep. you, you need to, you need you to, need to brief. keep no on side with the representatives yeah. of the law. When you, when you live as close to the edge as I do, yes. you, you, yes. you know, there are going to be times close when you the, fall the wrong side of the... Close to the edge the of Surrey. Side of the, <laughs> close to the edge down by the river. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we have two of the greatest legal minds working in this country today. We have Mr. Simon Pentel. Good evening. Lovely to see you again. And uh, rejoining us for the first time in a little while, uh, he has been known by many names, uh, Jim. Uh, Donna the Hammer. Donna the Hammer. The creator of the only blog in existence about the twin subjects of West Ham United and Wagner. Mm. Uh, He's also known as Don the Hammer. Don the Hammer, creator of the blog Donna the Hammer. But today he's going by his, his real name. The mask has slipped away and uh, gone back into its Bruce Wayne-like wardrobe of rubber, rubberized costumes that he puts on. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is Batman, Jim. Oh, right. Bruce Sorry. Wayne is yeah. Batman. Sorry. Oh, That's yeah. right. I, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was obviously looking puzzled. Yeah. Is that the Adam West version? Uh, it's it's all, it, very much the Adam West version. Yeah. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, the only one the that best, matters. The best version. Uh, the best the version only one that matters. Yeah, it's the best one. Um, I remember when, uh, uh, in the 60s, the Batmobile came to Bromley. <laughs> yes, it, it drove did. through Bromley that. High Street. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And no one nicked that. it? I don't think anyone <laughs> nicked it. <no. laughs> anyway, it is time to... I'm not speaking to so this introduction. It is Russell Raphael. Good evening. Hello, Happy Russell. to be here. How are, how are things? Well, things are all right. I didn't know we'd get onto my rubberized costumes quite so soon in the evening. Well, there's but I'm happy to talk about. There's it. very little football to talk about, though. The football yeah. that there is to talk about, you can talk in first-hand terms about it because it is the Huddersfield game which you attended. Huddersfield was that Huddersfield? Think out of the four. Was that Leicester? Think was right. that. Uh, whatever the home games have been lately, we've talked about. Oh, those talked about all we can't talk about uh, those. Yeah, well, they've been all involved. I have. They're yeah, been water under the bridge. That is. Yeah, I only but have my you are our on the spot offer. man for Huddersfield mm-hmm. because okay. I was unable to get there mm. because of uh, why? Why, Jim? I was on a course about performance in restoration comedy. Ah. Yeah, talking about so uh, so excuse. Batman was a sixties TV show, Jim. Uh, with uh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. now um, I used to watch it. Bruce Ward, Ward, that's right. Yeah, that's Bert right. Ward, Bruce Ward, no, Bert, Bruce, Bert, 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 Bert Ward, Bert Ward, Bert Ward, Robin, who was, yes, and they had a sort and of Alfred, Alfred, the, Alfred the, butler. the Butler, yeah, yes. they had a Butler, yeah, they all have Alfred the Butler, or all, all Batman's, all, all Batman, do they? Michael Caine played. Michael Caine. I've not seen any of the more recent. Films. I'm not they're sort of, of darkly depressing and slightly existential, aren't they? They're, they no, are, they're no fun. Yeah. They're not. No, they're not. No. The Adam West ones were fun. Well, although, and it's the best Batmobile. It's the best Batmobile, and of course, in the Adam West ones, um, this has got so much to do with West Ham. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of the link as we go um, with all those '60s psychedelic splodges of power. Yeah, yeah. Thump, zam, yeah, and all those. of that. Yeah. And those ridiculous bra- cliffhangers from my... one from one episode to yeah. the next. Didn't That's right. Up on my 1960s Batman. Don't I feel silly now? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you lived it, Russell. I yes. did live it. Yes, we rushed home from school. We did. For those episodes, half we an did. hour episodes. We're well, on. we were just mm. talking uh, in the pub before this very podcast of our uh, 60s memories, one of yours being going to the, the Bobby Moore sports shop uh, in which was working Bobby Moore. He was. Yeah. Would you like but me to his, repeat it? In his playing days. not In not, a succinct version. Yeah. It was in it. Yes, this was, would be October 1968. My birthday treat was to be taken to Green Street and the Bobby Moore shop opposite the ground in which we purchased a West Ham tracksuit and my England football annual, I better turn my phone off, and served by the great man. Extraordinary. Yeah. Um, can't remember how much he, he charged me. In 1968, he was uh, supporting his footballers' wages by working in a shop. And well, That's it, what football was like in those And days. that's how it really should be, and I think there's a lot to say that football has gone downhill dramatically yeah. since those days. However, we are talking about the same times when 
you must remember, on the other side of the Bobby Moore scale, he, of course, reached the pinnacle of English social hierarchy insofar as he was mixing um, frequently with the likes of The Who and The Rolling Stones mm. and Michael Caine and the great stories that Sean Connery um, used to babysit, believe it or not, um, Dean and Roberta when, when Bobby and Tina went out. I mean, can you believe that? Um, and, of course, Bobby famously had a big red Jaguar and would go out on a Friday night into the West End in the days when men would wear tuxedos to go to a nightclub, be out all night, drive it back, um, not having been home, on a home game, park it outside the stadium, still wearing his tux, go in, change, <laughs> go round the corner for some steak and chips and then run out in his kit looking impeccable and being the godlike footballer we all know him to be. That's, that's football. That's, that's proper football. football. That's yeah. proper football. Yeah. No. no nonsense. Macaveni, straight from a nightclub, straight to, onto the pitch, more or less. Quite often in a pair of flared trousers. Yeah, but not, but, but so much more stylish yes. than, than McAvenny could ever have been. I'll catch your parents, you'll be home soon. But here we shall, for yeah, be trouble. That's, McAvenny doesn't sound anything like that. Uh, what kind no. of trouble that'll be. <laughs> it depends how much Charlie. Oh, that may, yes, maybe. Yeah. No, Mr. Bobby Moore's kids. I expect <laughs> you to sleep. Um, so, um, how was the Huddersfield game? Uh, the Huddersfield game was a uh, lovely sunny day. Good. Yeah, nice ground, mm-hmm. very pretty. Yep. The game didn't start off too well. High expectation. Yeah. I think we got out muscled from early on, and that sort of set the theme for the first half. We, it wasn't quite like I wasn't at the Brighton game, but I remember watching on telly, I know you were there, Jim, yeah. where we caught, there was a cockiness, and I think we, we thought there was a sense of entitlement and we thought we'd just go out there and knock it about a bit and play a bit like we did against United and all would be well. Not sure this happened against Huddersfield. They just out-muscled us from the off, conceded an early goal and then we were just always playing catch-up. Mm. Mm. I felt that Brighton were like, but Brighton pressed and, and harried and, you know, um, got their goal and then and then sat back. And, and I, I think it, it's a worrying pattern if that's, you know, you, you, having coming off the back of a good win against a team like Huddersfield who can barely score a goal at home. Never mind, you know, they'd won, they'd won one game, hadn't they? That's right. Just, yeah, but only before. a few days before. Um, yeah, the Monday and before. And the yeah, crowd was really yes, raucous. Yes, OK, the but, players you know, were... I, we, we, you've got to be absolutely at it yeah. from the, on the front foot and at them from the, from the word go. And we gave a terrible goal away. I mean, it was a terrible goal to concede. It was, but beyond that, and picking up on what you just said, Russell, I think... Most, one of the most disappointing aspects for me in the last couple of seasons since what I will call the Pyatt season um, is that we have very little physicality. And I think of that season when we beat Spurs at home and in the first 30 seconds, Mikel Antonio went for the same ball with Eric Lamella and basically booted him into the... In, into the running, into the running track, into the in, in, into the touchline. Yeah. Well, that's what they did, and to terrified us. the hell out of him. And it was w- like watching Sonny Liston and the yeah. former heavyweight boxer playing with a puppy. And we we terrorised them, and we haven't had that same physicality for no. a long time a, do, across do, the mean, mean Certainly just, not from Antonio. Do you mean in terms of sort of size? But do you mean physicality or intensity? Both, yeah. both, and yeah, I, I mean both. And I think it's important, and we just don't possess that. And it's and unless you, and if you want to play the beautiful sort of way that Pellegrini plainly does want to play, unfortunately, we're not at the Man City end of the spectrum, whereby we can just keep the ball solidly for the best part of ninety minutes, and so it really doesn't matter because <coughs> we don't have that technique on the ball. We mm. won't be in possession, and we've got to get it back. And if you don't have the physicality and the intensity to win it back then you're in trouble, and that's what happens to us, particularly yeah. away from home. The goal we gave away was uh, uh, very much along the lines of uh, one of the ones that, uh, when we played Huddersfield yeah, away in that we, fixture last yeah, season, that we goal. scored, was yeah. sort of pressing yeah. uh, was pressing the defenders and the goalkeeper when the ball was uh, being played out of defence or attempting to be played out of defence by the other team. And um, certainly the highlights on Match of the Day showed us do more or less the same thing uh, with almost the same result. 
just a few minutes yeah. later. You know, we almost conceded yeah. again from uh, trying to play it out again. Again, the mistake was from Diop. Um, I mean, you know, it was a sort of compound mistake, the goal, wasn't it? Because Diop's ball seemed to be slightly overhit to Anderson, who then slightly overhit it to Rice, and then Rice couldn't control it. And well, then... he got away with one just before Diop. Right. Where he just he was trying to play out for the back from the back and then just passed it to them. I think he's been one of the finds of the season. Yes, I think we all agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 But um and maybe Huddersfield have thought that we do like we're being encouraged to play out from the back, but we're not yet brilliant at it. No, no. no they yes, were they gave yeah. us no time at all. No. Um and I do think it was probably a carryover from their first victory against yeah. Fulham. Yeah. They were really up for it. Um, and yeah, we should have been, we should but have I mean, known you that know, was coming. We were coming we off the back of our most convincing win of the well, I suppose mm. apart from Man United perhaps, but our most convincing win of the season. But I've got to say, if I can, that we go back to this topic just about every time I come on. And it is um, Mark Noble. Because for all his limitations, when he is not in the middle of, our, uh, the, middle of the park for us, you know, there is a lack of leadership and a lack of drive and a lack of zest. And for all, as I say, his limitations, Nobes provides that. And you can tell and you know that he's not there because for all of his faults, you know, you still even think today, don't you? And he's been there, what, 14 years? He's still run through a brick wall, you know, mm. for the cause. And I always pose a question, how many others do you actually think would do that? And I don't think any of them would. And that's the great tragedy of it, that even now we're still relying on, you know, this little guy from Canning Town um, to just collect it, pick it up and get everyone else going. And I can't see in his absence, um, whoever we may sign, if we ever sign anyone who can actually play in the centre of the midfield properly, um, that's going to give us that. Because it's vital in every club to have a leader in some shape, way or form. And without him, we don't have one. No, I don't know. I think we've got. I think, I think we've got. Letters a leader. I think we've I think got several potential leaders. Well. I mean, we fell yeah. short against Huddersfield, and we have in previous away games. I think we know we know what Mark Noble is about. We know he's had as many bad games recently. He's been great over the years. Um, he had an, a, he, he hit a rich vein of form about. Uh, couple of months ago and there were three or four games where it looked like an ideal midfield and that's that's great but I wouldn't say he's irreplaceable and I wouldn't I think we give too much credence that um, he is who he is because of West Ham in his blood the way the Huddersfield players were tackling I doubt they had a single homegrown player in that team that was just they were just coached to press intensely in that way that wasn't about uh, this Mark Noble Canning Town Mm -hmm. sense of feeling only I can carry the team, um, we can engender that among other players. And I think, as you said, Zabaleta, I think Diop has leadership qualities. Um, I think Anatovic, when he's in the mood, he can... I think that triangle, well. uh, the, the triangle is sort of quite a good discovery because it feels like it's a kind of modular system in which three blokes can fit into and they'll sort of know their jobs Rice's job is slightly different from the two in front of him but he knows that he'll get a certain amount of protection from the two in front of him and similarly that uh, if they work with Rice that three will yeah. uh, shovel the ball forward as a unit but also yeah. you know, but also important attacks. is the way he works with the, the two centre backs as, uh, yeah, as crucial. well um, I mean I, I take your point I think you're right to I do agree with you about, about and we've been saying it for mm. some time about mm. That our inability to impose ourselves on a game yep. in midfield. Yeah. Um, but I think it's. I think there are other factors as well, and I think at the moment um, we are still learning to play the Pellegrini way. It's still a work in progress. We can see that there are times where the football's lovely um, and 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 it's progressive, and the way he kept you know the way he kept going kept them playing attacking football against Burnley where other managers might have, have, have not, was in the end paid off. But at the mo- we don't have yet the confidence, I think, and the belief and the swagger that would, will come off the back of, of a couple of good thumping wins. We're, no. not, we're not putting teams away when we're on top. We're not. Burnley's a case in point because 
We should have been four up at half time. Absolutely, you should have buried them in that first half. But I will say this, I felt, I know you discussed Burnley last week, walking away from the ground, I actually felt like a throwback to the 1970s. It was just bloody entertaining and exciting and fantastic. And of course it's always better when you win a game like that. But there was something very much the West Ham way about that game. We gave away... They had two shots and they scored. Yeah. They almost got a third, only because that big lump up front actually couldn't direct his head a goalwood and we were in trouble. But beyond that, we had the rest of the game in its entirety. And we played it and we passed it and we moved it fast. And I thought it was just fantastically enjoyable. It was, yeah. And what is quite different this season to last season and the season before, when the points per game ratio is not that different from where we are right now, but there's still a sense of extraordinary, I think, optimism and comfort. Yeah, there, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Which we, yeah. was completely absent last yeah. season because, of course, you know, with that terrible day when David Moyes was appointed our manager and <laughs> the season before, that poor old Slaven was, um, was waving, draw uh, uh, drowning, not waving. Yeah. Um, but there's... As I say, the points, games, ratio, very little in it, but there's just a sense of it's all going to be fine. Yes, I mean, it, yeah. you know, it, 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 a lot of West Ham teams, obviously because we, we had Alvin Martin on last week, we were sort of looking backwards quite a lot. I mean, there were a lot of games, the sort of team um, from uh, sort of 89 to, to before we bought Harson and Kitson, that team uh, was massively frustrating to, to watch because they, they had, no had, one up front. had no one up front. Mm. But you never walked away going, uh, that was rubbish. It was not because, actually, because the intention was always to attack the other team's goal. There was just no one on the end to stick it in. Yeah. Poor old Husey on one flank and, you know, Lazaridis on the other flank or whatever. Just doing their best and there's literally yeah. just no one to put the no, ball I in. I think that's there. absolutely and, and, right. And enterprising football... Uh, doesn't necessarily mean flip, you know, flicks and stepovers and stuff. It's just basically sort of acknowledging that trying to score more goals than the other team is the way to play football, rather than you know, yeah, and, and you know, and in the West Ham way, it is as you say, move the ball quickly. It's direct, it's direct stuff, but it's on the floor, um, and it's you know, and this season is a bit like that. We're probably we are. I think it's a horrible phrase. We're too good to go down, but we probably are oh, better yeah. than three or four other teams. Oh there. God, no question about yeah. that. The, you, you could tell the players are still getting used to doing what Pellegrini wants them to do. Obiang, when he got the ball, uh, I, I really rate Obiang as a player. I know he gets a lot of stick, but I, I do. He was spraying it out wide with such frequency that it, it seemed obvious that that's what he'd been told to do. Long balls out and hit the wing. Um, and sometimes they were coming off and he was brilliant, and other times they were sailing over someone's head mm. and he was being castigated. So they're, they're getting used to it. But it is, it's a better way of playing, and I think Definitely. it's an interesting season in that we're probably safe. We're probably not going to be threatening anyone for anything. So we should just be bedding him in, getting used to the way he wants to play football, mm. and trying and hopefully buy a couple more at Christmas that are the, his sort of players. How was Anderson? Ah, to listen to the people that were stood behind me, even taking into account their level of inebriation, it was 40 million quid down the drain mm, and mm. he should have been paying us. I always think with Anderson that if some of the other... I think he's intelligent. And if some of the other players could play on his wavelength mm. and his level of thinking, we'd be better. I like the fact that he tries odd things, do get frustrated yeah. when they don't come off, but I think that's what we're going to get with him. I think Sometimes with Anderson, be brilliant, other times not. I think with Anderson, he does need, however, protection yeah. from his fullback. Um, because the simple truth is, he won't come back. He tries, he makes an effort, but it's pretty half-hearted. But that, to me, is not, he's not in the team for that. However, the way in which we play and the way in which the modern game has developed, you've got to do a bit more then do some clever stuff up front. And I would say, I thought he took the goal spectacularly well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he hit it in the only place it could have gone. There was, I think, five or six Huddersfield players between him yeah, yeah. And, and, and the goal. And somehow, 
He got it. He arrowed it yeah. in the top part of the goal, the only area it could phys- physically go. And I thought it was a sensational finish. It was truly yeah. fantastic. I, and his, um, that shot he had against Burnley with the outside of his foot yeah. was a fantastic. He's yeah. clearly and, sort of and got he's a finished. Good shot. The, you know, he started the move, doesn't he? he finishes mm, the move. He did. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he it's does. I mean, he does oh, work reasonably hard in, yeah, in the I first know, couple I, of away I, games. Uh, sorry, in yeah. the first couple of games he played for us, I was impressed that he was getting back. There have been an equal number of instances where you could just see him stop and give up and hope the defence sorts it out. I, I feel I, I, that, I, I he's, that as, as a personality type, he, he, he seems to be a bit introverted, a bit, a, bit of a bit of a shy character to me. He's not got... Yeah. He's got all the skills... But he hasn't got the the kind of the swagger. The kind of sometimes I don't think he believes in his ability to beat a man. He t- I've been surprised how little actually he, he takes on a man when he's got someone. In, well, from in people front I know who saw him play in Italy, he was terribly frustrating. And one week he would be simply sensational, and the next week he'd be. Well, simply I dreadful. think that's what he's been a bit like for us and so far. Yeah. Someone said I read somewhere when he signed, they said you're going to have to put up with a lot of iffy performances mm. Mm, mm. Or at least during but the game there'll be a lot of inconsistency and then they'll be brilliant but i tell you what when, we'll, he's you, still we'll, quite young whenever you see a highlights package there was you know there was one sort of game that he uh uh was was uh, deemed not to have played brilliantly in but when the, the sort of eight minute highlights package of match of the day made him look like the player of the game because because everything that yeah. was mm. was attacking or adventurous mm. involved him i think what will be interesting given yarmolenko's injury is what happens, how he, what happens to him and how he performs if and when Lanzini comes back. Yeah. I think that yeah. really will be interesting because if you imagine them either side, I think that makes us a really exciting attacking prospect because for obvious reason, you know, we've all forgotten about Lanzini, but if he can get back to where he once was, um, I think he and Anderson going back, harking back to good old the good old days may not quite be you know Trev and Dev but Mm. you can see them as a Mm. pair Mm. really tormenting teams one thing that sometimes is invisible to perhaps the less uh, rigorously intellectual football fan is that uh, flair players often protect the ball Joe Cole, when the ball came into his feet, and we'll talk a little bit about Joe Cole later, would come up with the ball. And it was not through physical strength. It's through taking a touch. You know, you've got Colin Hendry looming over you. And Mm. you take a couple of paces and come away with the ball and turn away with it. You don't have to get into a kind of an aggressive sort of uh, foot version of an arm wrestle in in order to come up with the ball. And Lanzini is a little bit like that. Lanzini will often come up with the ball, even though closely attended by a kind of large, looming central defender. Uh, and Anderson's a little bit like that as well. He will often come up with the ball. Somebody who quite often doesn't come up with the ball is Antonio, for example. A yeah. long, a long yeah. ball yeah. up the flank, up, up our you know, left flank uh, from Fabianski or a defender to Antonio uh, with his back to goal. You just go, that's coming back straight. Well, that's coming back. <laughs> well, he's yes. not a footballer. I mean, no, he's not a footballer and I've... No. I, on this very podcast, I, I seem to remember in an earlier appearance um, making this point, and it didn't go down too well. But um, I think history has borne that out. And there was a very interesting moment at, at the Huddersfield game when Pellegrini, not a man quick to anger, got out of his chair and shouted, came to the touchline and shouted something at Antonio. He may have been telling him where they should be meeting later for a coffee. I don't know. But it looked as though he was really angry at something that he'd been... Well, as I've said so many times before about Michael Antonio, of whom whom I quite like, I've always said this too, um, he's like the Tin Man, if he only had a brain. Yeah, yeah. Because if he did, he would be simply sensational. But he hasn't. No, he hasn't. But he hasn't. No, He's got every other he's attribute. He, has but he hasn't no got a brain. None. None no at all. No guile at all. Uh, not you know. I mean, and actually, actually, the turn and shot that he had that resulted in the yeah. goal was actually quite good. It was on target. I, I um, think. I think last last few games he's come on moments. as a sub. Yeah. I think as an impact sub, and he. I think he's had an impact. I thought he had an impact well, at Leicester. Um, and 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 actually I thought he played well to, at Leicester. Mm. Um, going back to your point about, I, th- I mean, about you know physicality and intensity. Uh, you know, at Leicester, that was a ballsy performance. They dug in and and. You know, um, yep. Yeah, but yep. didn't you just know that, that 
we were going to concede. Well, that's. I suppose there's a kind of sort of that's the West Ham Way. thing. Yeah. But I mean, it was bloody. No, and in, and oh, I fair, agree with that. No, in it fairness was. to Antonio, my host at that I was in a box at Leicester that um, had taken me there. He was remarking later that he thought Antonio was a real threat. And he certainly looks the part when he's running at you and he's great to come off the bench. But the fact that Dean Garner was promoted into yeah, that yeah, yeah. position ahead of him. Well, I'd like to see Nathan Holland given a go. I think we all would. I, I, I think, ever, I think Antonio, yeah. if he stays in our squad, he's well back. And sometimes well, he would have think, a brilliant 10 minutes as an impact player. Well, well I, think I think, you know, his, yeah. his heyday was in a, uh, an incredibly high-functioning team with Pai and Lanzini in it. And so what he bought was something a little bit different from the other yeah. nine outfield players. And it was quite good in that respect. And his, in a way, his rawness and his lack of sort of, uh, you know, footballing chops was good. He was a little bit of a self-starter. Quite he, often he would start and end a move. Yeah, he also had a knack for sort of of um, almost unconsciously popping up in the right place. Well, a lot of his goals were like tap-ins from a couple of yards, weren't yeah, they? All headers. Back post headers. Back post headers. But, but yeah. Excellent as well, Of course, he had a bit more space. Yeah. When you've got players like Pyatt and Lanzini and whatever knocking about, they, they are, they're going to suck players to them. A little bit more space. Yeah. And, the, yeah, yeah. Well, they, and when you have... If he just plays as an out-and-out out I mean, winger, you know. That's, that's self-evidently true. But the other thing, when you have, particularly for me, Pyatt, who I think... Um, it was the for one season um, going back now probably to to dare I say for obvious reason De Canio, um, the last world class footballer we actually had. Yeah. When you've got one world class footballer in your team, it actually brings everyone up a level. Absolutely, and and yeah, what yeah. that did, and we've spoken about it, what it did for Noble that season, mm. you know, it mm. was extraordinary. And I think what it did for Antonio as well, and everybody no, else. No well, Cresswell. Um, yeah, Cresswell was yeah. playing behind him. Yeah. And that's what I was saying before about, I think with Felipe Anderson, it's it's vital for him that he has Kreza behind him and not Masawaku because if he has Masawaku behind him, more we're going to get absolutely yeah. annihilated down the left hand yeah. side. We haven't got a yeah. bloody hope in hell um, because I I, I, I I still would say this: Masawaku cannot defend. I don't care what I don't know what he does, but he can't defend whatever it is. Um, he's got no well, he just can't defend. And Kreza. Um, with his limitations, at least he's got half an idea, although I still think yeah. we need to invest in a proper left back. Yeah, you could be right. I mean, there are, there are you know, looking ahead to transfer windows and yeah. things, there are a couple of areas. I do think we need a commanding central midfielder. Yeah, but we've needed that. I don't think Sanchez was going to be that. No, he's not. But we've needed that for, for a long while. long while now. And it was quite surprising that, that you know, Pedigree inve- didn't invest in one. And, and sort of the bringing in of Sanchez at the last minute felt like... An ambition that oh, that's somewhere where we, you know, yeah. we're, we're we're short and, we're, and we've got you know cover. No, Trouble no is, there aren't hit. that many great central midfield players of that type um, out in world no, football, no. That, and that's the simple reality. There aren't. I mean, there's. I there's reckon we could have gotten Zonzi in. The right, you love Zonzi, though. I do. I think there's a chance, from what I hear, um, if um, they can all make up and be friends, that um, if we wanted him, we could probably get Wanyama. But he's that type of player, you know, mm, and I yeah. like, and I, I know I'm not going to show away from it. I really like big physical bulk in your midfield. And, and I think it makes all the difference. Um, and, and, you know, if you're not Man City and we aren't, that to have that, because it can turn a game around. Um, mm. And I don't want to go back to all our yesterdays. And I know, Russell, that f- for you, um, Bonzo is the ultimate footballer. I'm not far behind you in that, I have to say. But, you know... I can think of games, and I know you can, um, that it, for all the uh, arty football that we played and, and, you know, and Trevor dancing around being godlike and what have you, um, that a moment, the moments of, of Bonzo physicality where he would, I know the, the rules were different then, but he would literally turn someone over and come up with a ball in circumstances where it simply shouldn't have been physically possible to do it. And, w- and would... The, a crunching tackle, which in days when you're allowed to do a crunching tackle, can turn a crowd and, and get everyone up just as much as a moment of sheer um, talent and brilliance. And, and we, we badly need that. And we badly needed it for so long now. Um, the last box-to-box player of any description we had was, was Scotty Parker. And he wasn't 
and he he was tenacious, but he was nothing like that. So no. you've got to go back a long way before that. I'm not sure it's about the personalities. I'm, it might also be about the coaching. And I'm always, I hate to say it, but so impressed with Tottenham that they seem to foul constantly just short of fouling. And it isn't just Wanyama or Sissoko that have got their physical bulk. Um, Dembele is a bulky player as he well. Is. But um, Alderweireham, uh, Vertonghen, all of their players seem on the edge of fouling without the ref giving it. And I think that's just brilliant coaching. And that whether that is the high press. Well, strong, strong athletic players can sort of go shoulder to shoulder and it looks sort of fair enough if the other guy falls over, you know. It's, but it's a lot of very clever stuff. Yeah. It's the little push just yep. before, just to put off balance, I just quite, before. I don't quite, quite want to be that team. Well, yeah, they, they've mastered team, but it. I think, a lot, of, and, I, uh, I think and, a lot of top teams are like that. And I don't mm. think, but I think the problem is, it is also about refereeing interpretation. I mean, Zabaleta discovered that you can't get away with a little discreet shove in the box <laughs> in that game against Southampton yeah. very early on. That's right. They get given against us. Mm. He'd have got away with that for Man City. Yes, it wouldn't have been true. given. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but don't you just wish he was 10 years younger? Because I love oh, Zabaleta. He's fantastic. He's just a great guy. Although yeah. this year, Zabaleta seems a little fitter than last he does. year. Zabaleta. He's he, had a, he he's does. He's had a mini renaissance, hasn't he? He I, has. I mean, I'm completely with you. I, I, when we signed Zabaleta, I was so excited. I, for me, he's actually one of the best footballers of the Premier League era. I always thought that guy at Manchester City is fantastic. And we got him and I realised that it was the sort of Zabaleta of around 2013, 2012, not the Zabaleta of 2016 yeah. that I sort yeah. of wanted. You know, he clearly just slightly gone over the hill, which is why City let him go. But, but he's a little bit fitter this season. Yeah. I think he seems to last, a, he looks leaner. Yeah. He seems to last the whole game, no problem. This guy's like, 36 now. And he's a leader. Hmm. And he is, but he's also got, um, I don't know if it's his look, um, but he's certainly got a physicality, but he has an aura about him where you look at him and you think, I really don't want to get in a dust up with you. No. I'll take on the other 10 idiots, but you, you just look really like seriously nasty and that you could do something horrible to me. And I think that you, you actually have to have that in a successful team. Thomas Repka. Well, no, he was, he, he was the other side. He up. was the other side well, of I... lunacy. I mean, let's not go down there. But you know, but coming back, and I don't want to make it all about Bill. But you know, th- no one in their right mind would have wanted to go up and have a fight with Bill. But and we all knew that, and that's why. And even to this day, um, you know, the, the 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 primary role of Billy Bonds was to be Trevor Brookings' protector in chief, and that's what he did. And everyone knew if they fouled Trevor. That was it. Bill was coming for you. Yeah. And, and they had one foul and they left him alone. And, and those, those psychological games go on all the time in football. We all yeah. watch it and, and think of it in terms of what we see. But if you actually even now knew some of the things that highly paid professionals say to each other and threaten each other with um, on the field of play, it's only because it's marked by 57,000 lunatics. You can't quite hear it. But... It's yeah. just beyond your belief. Yeah, and these, a lot of those mind games go on. These yeah. are mind games. Though. Yeah. This is not the 70s. We've moved on. And uh, City have... They have their enforcer in Fernandino. But he's not a big lad. But he won't be... He's not a bond. He won't come clattering in. He'll just do the crafty little tug back and take the booking at, the, at precisely the right moment when he knows it's... It's it's important yeah. to do. I mean that's that's. I mean it is part. You, it's a. It, you can be cynical about it, but it, it is cynical. But it's a um, part of top level coaching. Wenger's Arsenal were 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 constant constant fouls. Yeah, and but they, they were they a tremendous. Talk, but it, you know, the invincible team they could also was a tremendously do the, do the physical well. team. I yeah. mean, you know, obviously, you know, Vieira and I can't ever remember his name. The Brazilian that played alongside him. Um, oh, Gilberto Silva. Gilberto Silva. Silva yeah. Ray Parler was tough. You know, even, you know, Pires, they were a strong team. Um, well, physically. the guy with Vieira with the long hair, um, you know, who went to Chelsea? Petit. Petit, yeah. 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 I mean, uh, that was before you know, he, that. Yeah. He, he had yeah, yeah, ladies' yeah. hair, but was yeah. a giant. Oh, God, no, absolutely. Um, Stop Hammer Time is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Stop Hammer Time beer of the month. 
Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. You know, the, 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 the return of Lanzini um, is, is possibly something that may help to address the fact that we're sort of not putting the goal, ball in the goal quite enough for our attacking endeavour. We're sort of getting, I mean, four goals against Bournemouth. It could have been... Um, um, Burnley. Burnley. It could have been more, you know, and... Um, the Spurs home game, we sort of could have won that game. Yeah, really. yeah. Oh, we God, lost, should have won. We, you know, we lost have. Still away. We had chance. Well, that, 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 I, I mean, we've yeah. said this before. Um, I can't remember for a very long time ever coming away from the Arsenal and you, quite used to coming away from the Arsenal getting beaten, um, but coming away from the Arsenal thinking... Am I sure at that game it wasn't 3-1 to us? Yeah. Because absolutely. we were so dominant and we created so many chances. And I can't ever remember us creating so many chances against the Arsenal on their patch. Yeah. I mean, we, we could, if we would have scored six, we had six really great chances that afternoon, it would not have flattered yeah. us. That's how good those chances were. But if it's not Arnautovic that was you know, scoring we're in trouble. That's right. A sort of a modern front three. <coughs> Two out of those three guys have got to be guys that sort of put the ball regularly in the net. And in yeah. fact, three out of three, ideally. When that sort of front three idea first sort of gained traction in sort of English football, um, you you had a sort of a new breed of footballer that we hadn't really seen before. We'd seen sort of front twos in a 4-4-2. But Chelsea sort of had... You know, they did it. They had some of those guys, Kalu, you know, those mm. guys that they weren't a winger, they weren't a striker, they were a front three player, that, but they could all put the ball in there. You don't sort of say, you, you do sense that actually Arnautovic is really only the, probably the best wearer of shooting boots that we have in that front three. Hey, Yarmolenko we got, we scored got a Carol couple. coming back. Yeah, yes. international yeah but Yarmolenko also missed, of course, that absolute sitter against yeah. Chelsea. Mm. I mean, and of course, they still bang on that they're undefeated. It's only because Yarmolenko can't head the bleeding yes, football. That's right. I mean, as they used to say, he's got a 50 pence header. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, shocker. So, so, so there are, you know, hopefully Lanzini to come back. Um, uh, Dian Garner has been a, a discovery. You know, as Good we say, find. he's sort of yeah, displaced Antonio definitely. in that front three. Now, there's talk of uh, Samir Nasri uh, coming. In fact, quite strong sort of talk of uh, him <coughs> coming. Um, do we have any views on that? Uh, 31-year-old... I'd rather eat my own vomit, thanks. <laughs> He's I'm, I'm, I'm not as extreme as that, but I, 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 I think I find it puzzling. I mean, mm. um, unless there is stuff about the, the prognosis with Lanzini that... that uh, and maybe even Wilshire that we don't know about. I fear that he doesn't seem to be a player we really need. Not at um, all. But uh, I hope he doesn't bring his own water. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, wrong side of thirty. Um, apparently, completely unfit. Can't play till January anyway. Yeah, it's a short term. Um, so it, well, it's, he yeah. couldn't play till January in any event because in they changed event, the rules this yeah, year. Yeah. So um, yeah. after the window closes in the Premier League, yeah. you can't even take a free transfer no. until the next window opens. That's right. My my worry is that this is to do with Lanzini, and yeah, I'm no, not sure he'd be in for him at all if he's confident that March. Yeah, got yeah. Lanzini. Yeah. I think probably we maybe we could forget Lanzini for the rest of the well, season. Well, Lanzini has had the and kind of injury that, that, that ends careers. Mm. Nasri was a great player, I, and I, I I really liked. I liked watching him. He thought on a different level, a bit like Anderson. Um, that Nasri, obviously, I'd yeah. want. I also trust in Pellegrini quite a lot. I think if he's worked with him before. Um, it's a while it, ago now. No. Yeah. yeah, but it is odd, and it, I'm I'm less excited about Nasri than I'm makes me fear about Lanzini. Yeah, yeah I, that's I, right. I, I yeah, agree. That's much my yeah, worry. I've well, that's a very logical argument. I just hope to goodness you're wrong, but I fear you may well be right. Um, and there's also just uh, in the papers, kind of today, or in one paper, I think it's the Mirror. It feels like one of those. Kind I think of, it's in more than one. Oh, really? The yeah. Story, yeah. The, what we're talking about the Arnie stuff. The yeah. Arnie wants mm. away. You know, I mean, 
that's the, the, for a start. The story is attributed to his agent, who happens uh, so, to be his well, brother. Actually, brother. To his brother. Mm. Uh, so you know, you can always take those stories with a sort of a pinch of salt because they're uh, negotiating for yeah, an it's... end that's not to do with how well a player plays football or how he feels about being in the club. It's about uh, a move that makes the agent well, some money. So. I mean, it's sort of saying he would want to play for a Champions League team and be. be so, I mean, you know, of course, so he, was everybody. Of course, he would. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean necessarily it's going to happen yeah. or, or that the opportunity will avail itself. I mean, you can't imagine. I mean, who, you know, who of the current top top sort of six teams would you say would be desperately after him? Well, I, I, I need him. I think Man United, especially in the winter transfer, especially window. in the winter transfer window. Yeah. I know. I mean, I'm just, uh, yeah. I, even if the story's true, I'm, I'm imagining it's about what's going to happen in the summer, yeah. and it's the first salvos in contract negotiation. Yeah, I isn't think. It? I think United. We just is, won't sell is, him in the in the January. Well, you, sure you never know. It depends. Unless, well, yeah. I mean. It, it will always and does come down to money. Um, I can see a reason for him to go. I can see a reason for him to stay. Um, I think, however, much more troubling is that as this rumbles on week after week after week, um, we could witness the best young player to come through and make an impact in our first team go for nothing by this time next season. And if they don't, these guys don't nail down... Declan Rice. I, I don't believe in throwing money away. But, you know, his negotiating position with West Ham is so immensely strong, it's bewildering. You know, if I were his agent, I would be saying to, to the board, this is very simple, um, he's got a year after next. Don't, not interested in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I want £80,000 a week for my player. But he's only 19. Yeah, you're paying £80,000 a week for a player that you brought in on the last moment of the, dead, of the transfer window in the summer who's not going to play a single game this season and, pardon me, his crap. And you think that my client, who's played just about all the games this season, was the, was the runner-up in the hammer of the year last season as a baby, isn't worthy the same money, I'll bide my time... And in a couple of years' time, I'll get a free transfer whereby um, the signing-on fee will be something ridiculous mm. and he and I will make so much money, it's stupid and you're never going to replace him. And I think they have to bite the bullet and get this guy signed because if they don't, it's not that they can keep him because, of course, a long, a, a long contract doesn't keep the player. It just means that you can actually get proper compensation should he should go. Sell, yeah, and yeah. West Ham could end up getting tribunal money for Declan Rice, which would be about 15 quid and a packet of nuts. Yeah, yeah, and that's really absolutely. terrifying. But there's nothing, there's no money they could pay him that could prevent that scenario. No, they, there, he's yes, determined there is. to leave year, season after next knowing he will get a £20 million signing on fee and that his agent... No, 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 Russell, I tell you, I don't think that's right for this reason. That's all very well and good, assuming, of course, that he remains fit and he doesn't suffer a terrible injury. If he suffers a terrible injury, he ain't getting anything. And what the, the balance that has to be struck always in these situations is, if West Ham came in and said, we'll give you a five-year deal, we'll pay you £80,000 a week, basic, he signs... And that way he knows that for the next year he's going to earn £80,000 a week. Gross. Subject, of course, to any human rights deal he's got for 20% of it. But other than that, it's a pretty handsome salary. And he knows that's guaranteed basic. Doesn't matter whether he plays, mm. doesn't matter where he doesn't. Doesn't matter whether he's fit, doesn't matter whether he's injured. And that's a very nice comfort, comfort blanket. Wait, carry on progressing. And if it's not next season or the season after, one of the huge guys is going to come in, take him away, and West Ham at least will get something like £50 million compensation. And if they don't do that, they run the risk that he would just play it out and walk away. And the, the player would rather get the money Yeah, but the now. point I'm making is that West Ham, I'm sure, are making all these sort of overtures. I don't. I'm, and, not sure, I'm sure they're not. Well, it may not be a weekly activity, but it will be going on. I suspect it's Rice's agent that is playing the long game. Yeah, and so he should. And, yeah. But what can one do to overcome that? Very simple. Offer him £80,000 a week well, for five years. Well, you still say, no, not good enough. No, no, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. He'd be a fool not to take it, and I'll tell you why he'd be a fool not to take it. Because if he's on 10% of that money, that's £8,000 £8, a week in his pocket. 
So I think the you know money talks in all of this, and you can you can load it as well with a loyalty payment backdated to the beginning of the season and really give him a, a handsome package, but a package that is no different to Andy Carroll, who's played like 15 games for West Ham in six years and he's earning £90,000 a week. And you, you, you've got to think of it on the other side yeah, here. it's true. You know, we've got I, have, I, what, I, what, I what, is Chicharito, what is Chicharito on? Yeah, but these are players... 100 plus? And, and how many games has he played for us? Yeah. Look, there's no doubt that when you've been there and done it and you've been in these amazing signs, uh, sites and you're coming back on the, on the other side, you can pick up silly money. It's harder with a younger player. What if uh, Grady gets a hat-trick in the next game or the game after we've done, we've done Rice? And he says, well, I, why were you paying him that? Why didn't you pay me that? Well, because one hat-trick doesn't make a summer. Sorry. Um, that's why. Um, whereas, and I'm saying, you look at the amount I'm of games. I'm saying you need look to Look at the amount of games Declan Rice. Yeah, but, look, but this is football, and perspective doesn't really count. Just look at the amount of games he's played this season. He's made that transformation from the centre of the defence into the centre of the midfield, and has become a linchpin in a three across the middle. He has become a linchpin. And yeah. he's played all of, I think, has he played every game this season? Pretty much. Probably. And but how many absolutely. games? Absolutely. And, and last season? he should be on. Last season? 30, 40, 50 that week. It's but, not going to get the job done. When, and why would 80? You know, it, Because it would, because it's on parity. Because this is the big part of it. It's parity with players who are not playing at all. That's the problem. And parity, you know, is, it's, this is football, and there's a lot of testosterone, and it's almost mine is as big as yours is what goes on. A lot of testosterone um, with the agents. I'm, I don't get the no. impression there is with Rice, actually. Oh, well, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't, I don't, you know, I, these players are young, aren't they? And I'm not sure how, sort of what they're instructing. You know, they're basically putting everything in, to do with their contracts and money in, into their, the, their agent's court, aren't they? I don't, yeah. think he's, I don't think he's instructing his agent what to do. No, 100%. You know, so, but he's not so going to settle on three thousand yeah. pound a week. No. So you're sort course. of battling. No. You're, you're not really battling Rice's ego. You're sort of battling Rice's agent's yeah. ego, really. Yeah. Um, talking of you, young prodigious West Ham talents, uh, Joe Cole hung his boots up possibly yeah. today mm. uh, from yeah. his yeah. Uh, MLS team. Uh, Aged, was it 37? He's 37. 37. Makes you feel old, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? Uh, you know, it's... Don't. it's um, I, remember, I remember being there when he signed on the pitch at half-time. I can't remember yes, who we played. Right. Yeah. And, and um, who was it? One journalist wrote, um, I think it was Paddy Barkley, bless him, um, that when Joe Cole signed at West Ham as a 16-year-old, he signed a salary far greater than what the Prime Minister of England was earning. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. wow. Yeah. I mean, he was unusual in that sense. That, 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 that you knew about him coming through from when he was a, yeah. you know, a, a very young lad, didn't you? There was, there was, there was talk about him. Yeah. Um, um, rumours about him. Even when he was like 13, 14, you go, oh, this Joe Cole is going to come. The rumours were the, the... So there was huge well, Alex, anticipation. Alex Ferguson yeah. sent him a shirt yeah, with, with yeah. a Man United shirt yeah. with Colin. But there's a great video, you know, um, clip of... Back in the time when Tony Cotty was doing one of these, you know, training with Tony or, the, you know, the Cotty way or whatever it was. Um, and he's organising these young kids of, of 11 or 12 to do a little drill. And it's, it's beat a defender and, and, and roll the ball past the keeper. And this little, tiny little kid comes along, you know, puts it through the defender's legs and just like backflips it past the keeper. And, and Tony Cotty runs after him and says... Oh, well done, son. And what's your name? He goes, Joe, Joe Cole. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, in, a, in a moment that's reminiscent of um, uh, some, some 1960s black and white talent show um, where um, a very well-spoken young 17-year-old was playing in a skiffle group and um, was asked by oh, a presenter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what would you like to be when you grow up? And I think he says something like a, uh, a biochemist. And, and by the way, what is your name? And he says, James Page. Yeah. Of course, it was Jimmy Page yeah, out of Led yeah. Zeppelin. But it was one of those moments, you know, yeah, from yeah. that age you could see true genius. And, and Joe was fantastic. And when he played for us, you know, he, he played like a, an Xbox footballer, didn't he? I mean, he just did stuff that, you know, you could only give on a computer. It yeah, was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, players... Good players are still like playground footballers, aren't they? You know, the, Jim, you've said this quite a lot. A lot mm. of... Uh, um, 
players that are deemed to be sort of quite prodigious talents that, that certainly we're producing in this country now look very coached. They look, you know... They're, because they are. Yeah. I mean, they're, and, they're and not... they, they, they're, they're also cosseted. They're also... They, mm. they, they're always surrounded by adults. They're... they're they they learn the game on 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 nice lovely you know flat yep. pitches training pitches with cones all over the place and drills and they all you know they they learn the game by numbers in that way and they are often brilliant athletes they're super fit they're healthy, you know they've got talent and whatever but they often don't have a football brain i would i would i would say theo walcott is the ultimate of this kind of footballer mm, mm. um whereas you know the, having a little bit of having playing in a street with people trying to bite at your legs the whole mm. time and that kind of nous, that street sort of nous, that to be fair to him, Rooney had to an extent, yeah. um, you know, is something that a lot of modern young players don't have, it seems Well, Joe to me. Cole always gave me that impression that yeah. he really, really loved playing football. Yes. And yeah. he would have been just as happy playing in a street yeah. in Cams and Town. Exactly. To playing at any time, anywhere. And he had that natural enthusiasm and such skill to I mean, with it. I, the first time, sorry, sorry, yeah. Simon. The, the first time that I came across his name, uh, I can, it was almost like a, a Kennedy moment where you just remember it. Um, I was reading a magazine, probably 442 or something like that, and Terry Venables had been asked to predict his team for the next World Cup. And we must have been coming up to a World Cup. And he yeah. was looking, he was said, what's your team for the next World Cup? And fairly normal sort of players, usual names. And there he had in the centre of the midfield, Joe Cole. And I'd never heard of Joe Cole. And he was probably 13 or 14 at the time. Yeah. And that was where I first came across him. The first time I saw him play was in the... 6 0 home leg of the youth semi final. Yeah, I was going to say exactly the same. That's right. Oh, sorry, I saw that him. was the second leg. Second I think leg, maybe we, we'd won. We had one away. We'd won 3 0 or 6 right. 0 yeah. away. 21,000 yeah. people yeah, watched, that, yeah. watched yes. that game of football. Partially yeah, in, because of Joe Cole. Oh, and Mike, Michael and Carrick, Carrick, Carrick was in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adam yeah. Newton, whatever yeah, happened Adam to Adam yeah. Newton. But it was that name of Joe Cole. Yeah, just seeing Cole, just seeing. Him, you know, he would he would advance with the ball. The defender would come near him, and then somehow he'd be past them, yeah. and you weren't quite sure what that blur was. And we hadn't seen that at Upton Park yeah. for a long time, and it was great. Yes, and um, you know, uh, there was a piece in the Evening Standard today. Uh, um, Saying that you know, popular wisdom was that he he was somehow an unfulfilled talent. Uh, you know, didn't have a great career, uh, but arguing that he did. But I was still arguing that he sort of didn't in a way. He, he, he didn't. I mean, he was unlucky at Chelsea because because he was certainly um, misused at Chelsea. He was on the bench yeah. quite a lot. He was played out wide a lot. But then he also got quite a nasty injury, which he could have yeah. got at any club. Well, yeah, the fact that true. Frank Lampard comes out with an in, a, an enormously enhanced reputation compared to Joe Cole. To me, says it all, oh. and they were. I well, well, yes. I but saw both of them coming through. Yeah, but I think okay. And I'm not knocking Frank. Frank made absolutely the most of what he had, and all power to him. But Joe didn't. Not his own fault. Partially, what Mourinho and others did with him at Chelsea is bad. He was unlucky with injuries, but he should have been in the centre of the midfield with teams built around him. He, and too often he got pushed out. But he was almost, in some sense, a sort of an un-English player. I always thought it was a shame he didn't go to Italy or Spain because um, he, he, Went is, to Lille. he was. He was a, well, yeah. yeah. But he France, a, gee, it's neither Italy <laughs> nor Spain, is it? How much? Um, as Hazard, I mean, he yeah. was a kind of he was a kind of technical. Um, small technical player who who is now at the, the kind of player is now in vogue at teams like yeah. Man City, um, but there was a mistrust of that because the, the fact of the matter is that sort of Lampard, you know, in spite of all the jokes about him being fat, was was an athlete in a way, wasn't he? he was a box to box athlete and powerful. Um, Joker was a different kind of different kind of player, and uh, a very high profile event in one of his earliest games for England was against Italy at Wembley when he gave the ball away and, and led to Zola the score yeah, in a one nil defeat That's and right. he was even the manager yeah, he, vilified. Out, and, uh, he, yeah, vilified. he was absolutely crucified for that and you, you thought well you know you have to allow talent like that to make that kind of to yeah. make that kind of mistake you know in the end either you want players playing you know a kind of kind of technical level and of course it is now the kind of football that 
Southgate wants his England team yes. to play. And it's it, been an you know, intrinsic problem. A kind of mistrust yeah. of flair players yes, has been a blight exactly. on the national team sort yeah. of since the 70s. Yeah. Charlie George, uh, you know, the, the, all the QPR boys, Bowles, uh, Marsh, you know, there's always been a... That, the Worthington, you know, they didn't get... Yeah. Lots of players over the years yeah. have not quite, you know... Letizier. You have to think what is football about if you're, then, not, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. not putting your faith in those sort of players. But then yeah. the advent of the Premier League, uh, we were buying our talent from abroad. Mm. So people are sort of, you know, get very excited about, you know, uh, Zola and Paolo Di Canio. Uh, we create one ourselves and people go, ah, oh, he's shit though, isn't he? Like, oh, you know, I, I used to... Uh, I go to a gym that I've been going to, you know, for 25 years, and they're sort of mainly Arsenal and Spurs. And they quite often, you, you, you know, I make the point that we don't really encourage, sort of, don't seem to encourage flair players, and the Premier League has mm, gone further than almost anything to maintaining that kind of prejudice against homegrown flair players, because we can just buy King Cladsey from, you know, uh, you just buy these players from abroad. And you mentioned Joe Cole, and people go, oh yeah, he's shit though, isn't he? And you go. Mm, do you remember the goal in the 2002 Cup? You know, it's like they, they almost peg an English fair player yeah, as just yeah. not very good. He's yeah. just no Santi Cazorla. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. no, you know, he's no Alexis Sanchez. He's I, no Sane. I, I, I take no... your point. I mean, it's that great line though, isn't it? Because he, when he, of course, um, broke into the first team under Harry and um, he played in the same team as Di Canio and Harry was asked at a presser, um, interesting this, how are you going to manage with Joe Cole and Di Canio in the same team? And Harry's answer was, it's dead easy. Going to have one ball for Paolo, one ball for Joe, and one ball for the rest of the idiots to use. And, that, and, and jokes, it was like that, and it was fantastic, and it was Ole football. And, you know, 2000, 2001, I mean, it was just fantastic fun yeah. over there. It yeah. really was. It was breathtaking for yeah, watching yeah, it. it. was great. How that team went. And then we got relegated. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, that was that's about, because you know, if you get rid of your manager didn't, didn't, who shouldn't have been got rid of, and you don't happens. replace your world class centre half. Yeah, um, we should probably uh, think about uh, predictions for the next game, and then we'll oh, wrap please this let's up. not do that. Yes. Oh, no, oh please let's that's not a, that's a do that. One, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> oh, don't, don't, Phil. We're meant to be friends. You can't make us actually think about having to play at home. Man Zizzy. Uh, it feels like the, the international breaks uh, kind of help us. Uh, the, um, our last season's break uh, after our Burnley. ignominious Burnley game helped us beat Southampton. I think three one, wasn't it? And uh, and didn't we have an? Didn't, wasn't United after an international? Was it? Might have been. Yeah. Might have been. Um, it feels like Arnautovic's knee is being held together by sellotape, and they've just, if you can have a fortnight off. Just well, he'll be, to, well, they have, Austria have possibly got a game. They'll probably there, play, they? won't they? Yeah. No, yeah. God, they, I can't believe that they can't swing it for him not to play. Unless he wants to, of course. Well, he might. Some of those international games are kind of morale boosting friendlies, more or less, though, aren't they? It's, it's, hopefully, he's not going to be classic. Well, there's also, but there's this new league thing, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, it is. It is City. Um, you know, tough, isn't it? Because we are we're, we're we're less porous now, aren't we? We're we're you know we're getting beat by one when we get beat. We won't. I'm afraid to say no, against Man no. City. I mean, I haven't watched them the weekend, and I've seen a fair bit of them on the TV, and they really are a class apart. Yeah. I mean, and in terms of relent, in terms of attacking ability, what, you know, people have forgotten. They've not even had De Bruyne this season. But, you know, they've got so many options. Sane, Silva, yeah. the other Silva, Bernardo the, Silva. He's starting to really Aguero play, is he? still, you know, an extraordinary mm. finisher. Mm. And they bring on Gundogan. I mean, mm. where the bloody hell does it stop? It stops, of course, when you legislate to stop a sovereign nation built on dirty money buying a football club. Then we all might be able to compete. Mm. But unfortunately, we're not going to allow that to happen and they'll just get even stronger. So rant over. But I don't think we've got a hope in hell, no. unfortunately. Predictions? Well, I've got a one all, funny go on, feeling one about all. this one. Ooh. And uh, I, think, I think we will, as we have generally done against the better teams, Chelsea, for example, I know we lost the Arsenal, but, um, and Man United, I think we will um, 
we will raise our game. And I, I think I think I'm going to go for a surprise two one home win. Oh, well done, Russell. <coughs> I think they're well overrated. They are <laughs> flattered to deceive for a, at least two or three years now. That's I'm, my boy. I'm going three nil. Pop Robson getting two. <laughs> that's a, that's a, what a very optimistic uh, prediction that is, uh, Simon. Well, as I'm, I'm going to bring Vic Watson into my team selection. <laughs> if you're going to go just to, just to yesterday when Pop Robson was playing, um, yeah, they do flatter deceive. That's why they got 100 points last season. I think they had identical records home and away. Um, drew one away, lost one away. Drew one at home, lost one at home. Um, I think we might score, but I think they're going to get three or four. Which out of three or four? I'm going to three, three, three. We think we'll lose three one. Um, yeah, nil, 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 nil. I just want to know from you, Jim. Though, what's the price boost on West Ham two one? Because I think it's a bloody good bet. I'm I, I, not a betting. Don't man. do your money. It's no. not. It's not one of my vices. Should okay. do. There's no room for it amongst. No, your, I've got too many. Pantheon, yeah, of course. Yeah. Pantheon of vices. That has uh, that has been. Um, oh, that could be the title of the podcast. <laughs> Pantheon of vices. Jim, Jim Jim's Pantheon, Pantheon of vices. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name's been Phil Whelan's. With me have been uh, Russell Raphael. Hello. Jim Grant. Cheerio. Simon Pentel. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.